Hi, this is Mark Wiltshire. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Explore Finland radio show. This week I kind of cheated. This is a slightly different episode for you. It's actually a different show that I recorded uh, earlier this week with a couple of other people. This is Rich from Escape to Swarmy. Dot com and Mark from fcswarmy.com and it's actually the first episode of a new show called The Finnish Football Show. This will be like a monthly chat show, you could call it, where we get together online um, and talk about Finnish football. And we recorded this using a new website, a new program called Blab and you'll find this at blab.im. Um, and if you go to the show notes, then you'll also find the the link to the video recording that we made. So it was all re- all recorded live online, and the video and the audio is um, is available for you to listen to now. So without any more chat about that, I'll head over to the recording we made on Monday, which starts with this theme tune. That's your theme tune for the first show. So thanks, everyone, for joining me. I can see we've got 30 people now watching us, which is fantastic. It's got to be beyond what any of us were hoping for when we had this idea a couple of weeks ago. I thought the first thing that we should do this week is introduce ourselves so that everyone knows who's talking. So I'm Mark Wiltshire. Uh, I've got a, a podcast out here in Finland called the Explore Finland Radio Show, where I go out every week or so, interviewing people in the Etelapokhima or South Ostrobotnia area and finding out a little bit more about the culture and the sports and the activities and things to do around here in this, in this area. And through that, I've managed to make a lot of new friends and I, I know that some of you are watching um, and I guess also some of you will be listening after the uh, recording finishes. Um, I'm also joined today by my two co-hosts. So first of all, we've got Rich from Escape to Suomi. Hello. Um, Rich, tell us a little bit more about your your blog. Uh, well, my blog, uh, Escape to Suomi, it's about Finnish football in English. That's uh, basically its selling point. Uh, my wife's from Finland. She's from Kuopio. So uh, it was part of my plan to get integrated into the country. It's helped me learn the language a little bit. Um, we visit a couple of times a year. Uh, I've been doing it for about three and a half years now. And again, met a lot of good people, been abroad, watching Finland, uh, a few different places in Europe and, uh, met some good, good people and yeah, feel free to come and visit. I'm mostly on Twitter. And at the bottom of the screen, as we're looking at it, uh, is Mark Hayton from FC Suomi. So Mark, tell us a little bit about your blog. Well, the fan site, really, uh, has been in operation for about a year, a year and a half. Um, predominantly, it's to summarize the national team, the Hulkajat, and the, the national team players, to track their form and how they're doing at, at club level. Because I've been going to watch Finland for the best part of a decade. And I think some point about two years ago, I kind of got... Got that feeling that everybody turned up to the stadium with the same questions. I mean, they had like Roman Yaremenko, most people knew about. Demo Puki, most people knew about. Um, 
apart from that, you always got the question of, oh, yeah, where's he playing again? And, and how's he doing? And what's he doing? <laughs> what's he doing these days? So I set, up the, I set up the website to try and kind of track and report on the guys while they're in action across Europe and now over in the MLS. And it's been going good. And while we're, while we're talking, if you're, if you're enjoying what we're saying, what we're doing, then if you look at the screen, just in the bottom corner of each of our pictures are the hands. These are the we're not worthy hands. Give them a, give them a click. Give us some, give us some love. Um, Mark down the bottom there has got more than everyone else because I clicked it several times trying to open him and get him into oh. the conversation. But we, we, do, we do love you. Um, people keep joining all the time. There's 37 of you now so bless you all for uh, for coming and joining us don't forget that after we finish recording tonight we're we're going to stop the recording and then have a little bit of off the record time so that that can be like a little secret club for those that actually come and and watch it live and uh, the it, and the, the, the bit that we actually record will be available as a, a podcast on itunes within the next day or two so um Let's just say hi to a few people that have joined. I can see Nordic Fog has joined us. Dav D has joined us. And Elias has joined us. Keke, we gave you a bit of love earlier. And there's Heber in there. Jonas. So welcome. And Toppy. So welcome. Welcome, guys. Thank you. I, I'm not going to call out everyone's names as we go along uh, because, believe it or not, we actually have a, some kind of agenda for today. There's been a little bit of thought gone into this, you know. Uh, I guess one or two of you heard us do the dry run. Uh, a week or two ago, but this is uh, this is for real. So here we here we go, and we we thought that we would start the first the first episode of this by reviewing the Vakehouse Liga season in 2015. And I know that some of those that are listening, I I spent some time with you through that season watching SJK. I'm I'm based in Sanyoki, so. We had a, a pretty good, a pretty good season, but, um, and we'll get onto that. I've, I've no doubts. I, I follow SJK Asiko, um, but that's that's my focus. That's my way into Finnish football. Not so much the wider scene or the or the national team. Um, so I'm going to steer the conversation and let Rich and Mark bring the colour and bring some bring some more a bit bit of a wider perspective to it. So uh, why don't we start with you then, Mark? Take us back to before the season started. How were how were things looking at the start of this season? Well this is I mean that's why, you know, we got <laughs> got interested in the in the in the season review because if you think about a year ago, if you think about the start the start of two thousand and fifteen, FC Honker had they had a young and feisty manager <laughs> that had managed to earn them survival in the 2014 season only for financial ruin and mismanagement to send them down the leagues. Uh, Mulukosken Palo had been in uh, finished top flight for, I don't know, close to a decade. They had also uh, one, of the, one of the best, the most decorated, most respected coaches in the league, Antimurinen. They went under because they couldn't afford the licensing fees. Demutainio hung up his boots. Mika Vaurinen booked his tickets to Hollywood. Hoyiko ran away with the title, their sixth consecutive title with about a month to spare. And they had already planned to spend all of their Europa League money uh, on foreign talent. Even, I think, even, even uh, Jonas Emmet won the golden boot. And he shared it with a guy called uh, Luis Solignac, who went to the MLS 
to the Colorado Rapids, and Emmett couldn't get into a national team that couldn't score against Yemen. <laughs> so all we like back at that time, all we had to look forward to was Freddie Adu. <laughs> yeah, and that was that was big news, wasn't it? I mean, I, I'm not that sure was... how many people actually thought something would come of that. You you wrote about it at the time, Rich. What was your what were your feelings about um, the, the the much heralded arrival of Freddie Adu? Um, well, it's one of those things that Freddie Adu has done the rounds as. He's almost been famous for being Freddie Adu as much as his football, even though I know he played a few times for the national team of US and, and did quite well. Um, and, you know, the last couple of years, he seems to have been doing a bit of a tour of European football, signing for random clubs and opening nightclubs as well. Um, when I found out that he was moving to Coops, leaders say I was rather chuffed. Um, but to be honest... You know, everyone who I knew at the club or my wife's family who live in Gorpio would, you know, say, yeah, he's got the talent, but he's just not fit. He's not fit enough to play, you know, even at Bakehouse League level. Uh, he showed good set pieces here and there, uh, ended up playing for Coops' reserve team, which got a lot more uh, publicity than his games for Coops, did quite well there and drifted off and now... Apparently, he's doing quite well in America. I think he's in Tampa Bay now. But um, he was... How, you know, how much did he play? How many goals did he did he get up, up at Coops? Um, at Coops, he didn't... I think he only played four four league games. And then he played three Coleman and games for Kufu. And eventually, you know, he drifted out. He was clearly unfit. And um, he... he Sort of their contract finished by mutual consent. Um, yeah, Alicante on the messages there says that no goals, no goals in the Bakehouse League. So that that, that backs you up. Yeah, um, let's say I think he scored a free kick for Kufu, um, which got hundreds of thousands of views on YouTube by people going, "This is where he is. This is what he's up to." Um, <laughs> he was good, good for the social media. Yes, um, and and that was about it. It put Coops on the market. They were selling their jerseys with Adu on the back for just 70 euros. Didn't sell very many and um, unfortunately uh, that was it. I tried to get my hands on one when I was over there but uh, yeah, funnily enough yeah, trying to buy merchandise at Finnish football grounds it's quite difficult. Although I did get my Ilves shirt at an Ilves game. So. That, was, that was another uh, subject of one of your blog posts during the season as well. Yeah, that was my little um, review of my three weeks in Finland. My wife, bless her, she's very understanding. She, We went to, I think, seven games in the three weeks in between visiting family and friends. And, um, yeah, sort of came back with some merchandise. And, uh, yeah, seeing football from international all the way down to the Coleman and uh, Atletico Malmi, who played in a park, which was, uh, yeah, tested the marriage. <laughs> you, you must love her family. <laughs> Three weeks. Yeah, yeah, coffee, cake's great, but um, I'm off to watch yeah. that. <laughs> well, luckily, the, the men like to practice their English on me, so we go to football and talk. So it works quite well. Mark, so all this enthusiasm at the start of the season, you might have thought that Hoyiko were going to run away with it, but it didn't quite work out like that. What happened? 
before you call, everybody like everybody, I think focuses on the money on the money that they made from the Europa League. And uh, Egan Egan Richardson uh, was quite we had a bit of a not a spat, just a, a Twitter discussion about if you have two million in the Vegas Liga, that should be enough to buy you like ten titles. But they lost. I mean, the players they lost. They lost basically an entire team from from the start of the season. Robin Lerd went to Greece. Valtteri Morin went to Belgium. Nikolai Alho went but was injured for pretty much the whole season. Daniel retired. Varane went to the USA. Kanji left. Dobles, the keeper, crazy keeper, left. Even guys like like uh, Manstrom, Berovoa, who's the kid, Anthony Anan, he left. And even that that lad that didn't score, I think he scored once in four. Bans, bans something, something bans. You know, so they lost. That's like eleven players that they managed to lose for the start of the season. And that's not counting the injuries that they had to, like, Sorsa was out for a while, Shura was out for a while. So they lost, I mean, they lost, like, an entire team. Mm. It was say, so, you know, after qualifying for the Europa League, you know, and they, like you say, they, they had the money from that, and it seemed like it was very much a... Oh, hello, dog. Um, it was very much a case of trying to consolidate that. Um, but it was, you know, such... The injury was crazy. At some points, it was, you know, you wondered they were taking their sort of 16 and 17 year olds from Clubby, bringing mm. them up and sticking them on the bench. Um, you know, and while, you know, a club that size have the resources, you know, sometimes you just can't account. But then, you know, from my side of things, I just saw a lot of poor signings, a lot of signings that went. You know, almost the shameless looking for the Japanese market, for example, had picked up the players, you know, who probably, I'd say, were on behalf of the agents looking for an inner into Europe, hmm. getting, them, getting them into a top flight club. Um, and only a couple of them even seemed to work. I mean, Guy Moussi had been at Nottingham Forest and done okay. Um, and then Tywell came in towards the end of the season and did again okay. But, you know, it's just a shame that, you know, they couldn't build on that. But they that benefited the rest of the league and made it so much closer and so much more exciting for the neutral. Well, I mean, both Robson and Esiko got stronger. And I think, Mark, didn't you do Seymour? In uh, when it was the Europa League time, Valakari. No, I didn't. I didn't get quite to the very top. I, I spoke to um, I spoke to a few of the players, and I spoke to Chris Cleaver as well, the the first team coach. Um, that was kind of just to just to try and mark the fact that Asiko had their first game in Europe, and there was I guess there was a lot of optimism and hope maybe rather than expectation and I think they were they were taught a lesson that when you play European football the other team will defend and and hit you on the counter attack and it happened twice in two games and both of those were lost 1-0 um unfortunately but that that is experience they'll take on for next year I I think Ooh, I think we're losing Mark. The, the the problems of losing Mark <laughs> the, the, are you losing me or the other one? Yes. No, you. <laughs> me. The host. That's because we've got too many too many visitors on here now. Can you hear me now? Yes. yes. Yeah, you can. Now you're clear. Go for it. Um, 
it seemed like the other the other clubs didn't didn't really put that much pressure on throughout the whole of the season. Asico also signed, I don't know, and didn't I don't know. They they all played okay, but nobody really nobody really was amazing. I I felt for most most of the season. Um, So. What, what no, no, no. I thought. I mean, Rapi Risky came in, and what did he get? He got six, seven goals in about ten, eleven games. Yeah, but that was in the middle of the season. I'm thinking kind of the first half through, from the beginning through that that European campaign until the middle of the yeah. the summer. Everything was steady, but nothing was spectacular. But when we were when we were planning this this meeting, Mark, you you were, you commented on the the form of Ilves and Hifk. That was another thing. I mean, uh, both. Uh, so Ilves and Hifk got up because uh, Honka and Mupa went to the went to the banks, and everybody pretty much, particularly Ilves, everybody just expected them to to fill in those bottom two places and then kind of disappear. And I think both of them, I mean, they were they were both safe with you know months and months to go. Hence, yeah. hence Keke's day off. <laughs> they they took a lot of teams by surprise, and they did a lot of. Um, I mean, the the, the derbies that they made uh, in in Helsinki were were massive, massive events. I mean, they yeah. were they were. I mean, we, we went to a couple of them, and it was a bit. Uh, I don't know. It had a little bit of ni- 1980s feel about it. Flares, <laughs> yeah, flares and cop- well, you know, flares and mounted policemen, and uh, you know, a little bit of a little bit of argy bargy and. I don't know. It was that sort of because because Hoyiko spent a lot of time basically under strength and undermanned. They just got roughhoused by by Hifke. and um, yeah, it was just nice to see a proper combative football. Hmm. And, 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 and were they getting crowds of sort of sort of near, near enough ten thousand for some I of those they, games? All of them were over ten thousand, I think. Um, yeah, the, the three matches were sold out and over ten thousand, and. You know those three matches, again being the biggest stadium, league stadium in the the country. Um, you know that went all over Europe. You know people seeing that because there was a proper rivalry in the big city. Um, you know it just made a big difference. You see people actually travelling over to watch the games, and you know the atmosphere. Yeah, the games were typical derby. Really, they were tense. There was wasn't a lot of opportunity for to flare or individual brilliance, but both teams gave it a good go. And you know, the atmosphere was the thing that really we came away with thinking was brilliant. And you talked about the, I mean, the the the, the kids that they brought up from Gloopy '04, and I think in in a, in a fair few in a couple in a couple of the games, they didn't handle it. I think as well, like they just they just didn't kind of know what to do. They showed their sort of their inexperience and they got yeah. kind of bullied a little bit. Yeah, but I say it's um, as an experience, you know, playing in an, a game where there's that much interest and that much noise and, you know, the smoke is another issue that, you know, we think it's atmosphere. The powers that be don't, you know, they're lining their pockets with all these fines. But, you know, that's what people like to see. People, especially from... From England, you know, I've I've heard of people actually going over to watch the games, you know, and that's brilliant. But you know, it's not just them; it's you know, the, some of the other games as well. You think there was the the derbies between SJK and VPS. Um, when I went to Ilves a couple of times, you know, the atmosphere was fantastic. 
you know, I, I went to the game and they played Hoiko in June and that was sold out and it was five and a bit, just over 5,000. And the noise was incredible and, you know, everyone got so involved. There wasn't too much smoke there, but it was brilliant. And, you know, a sold out game that wasn't one-sided. It was a competitive game. It was one all in the end. But it was a great game. And, you know, I'd fully recommend anyone going to Finland to go and watch an Ilves game. Just I've been there twice now, both times. It's been absolutely fantastic. Ekeke on the message board is saying pretty much the same, the same thing. The Neil on Poyat deserve a mention for making Tamala a hard place to go to. So I guess that, that backs up what you're saying there, Rich. Yeah, I mean, uh, I went there last year when they were they played KTP at the sort of end of last season, and you know that was three or four thousand there in a what a second division game, and that was that was good. But this year they played Hoiko, and it was, I mean, yeah, the, the champions come to town. It's it's always a big occasion, but you know they were brilliant. You know the the whole atmosphere, and it is a small ground, and I know it's in line to be redeveloped, but you know, it's it's one of those old. It's almost like an old English ground, like Highbury or Selhurst yeah. Park. Right? So, in a residential area, you almost walk. You're right on top of it, and it's it's brilliant. And it echoes like all around. Like it's, yeah. it's it can be it can be a real real cauldron. Do you, do you think that the way that that Ilves performed for the first three quarters of the season meant that Keke deserved the day off? <laughs> I think he thinks he does. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Well, explain to everybody what, I, I what happened there. Well, effectively, um, his team were away to say SJK in Saniyoki. Uh I think there was about five or six games to go, and they were almost guaranteed safety with six games to go. Um, and as he wasn't at the stadium, his team were playing. They lost 2-1 in the end. Um, and it turned out that he was punditing on TV for the English Premier League at the same time. Um, now, obviously, that then got a little bit viral and everyone got a lot of interest in it, me included. But, um, you know, his the club then sacked him was three days later. And then they his defence was that the contract he signed prior to the club being promoted at the sort of as a result of the financial stuff that Mark mentioned earlier. Uh, the club got promoted, but he still was on his so-called second-tier contract. And, you know, the man says he, need, he was out of pocket and he says he'd agreed it. Yeah, I'm not a lawyer. Let them sort it out. But um, it, w- it was one of those things that you just kind of think, oh, God, you know, cool stuff. And I'm sure, you know, he thinks he was right. And he was out of pocket, I'm sure. But it was quite funny. He was right. I mean, look, he got paid to do a job. And he got Ilves safe. They played, you know, decent football. I think he had every... I think. I mean, of course, obviously, he could have used a bit more tact. But, you know, he's working in his second language. So, you know, maybe he just didn't know the words for, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking a personal day. I'm taking a yeah, yeah. Keke on the phone. No, 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 no. That's not, that's not the that's, that's not the studio. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, he done the job. They'd stayed up. They weren't going yeah. anywhere. They were they were safe. So for me, he had every right to 
to, I mean, to at least bang on the table and ask for more money. Yeah, and you know that's. I think no one begrudges a man earning a living because, you know, his his job for that year was to keep Ilves up, and he and he had done that. But I just think that it is a little bit, you know, you do wonder that, you know, without knowing what goes on behind the scenes, and he said he'd agreed it with some people. You just sort of think it's your day job, and you know that is your job. I just think I think it was a bit disrespectful, and you know I don't blame a man for thinking he's out of money, out of pocket. You know, no one, and I think he's shown that he's earned a bit, a bit more money this way. But I just think the way he did it was just yeah, awful. it was it wasn't. But I mean, I think as well you can't forget. Because I mean, I love. I've got there's a special place in my heart for Keke because I mean, we can't forget how good a manager he, he won three, three titles with Hakka, brought them up from from Ukkonen. I think it was Kapkonen back then even, and won three titles with Hakka. Won two titles with Oiko. So I've got a lot of time for him. Nope, I think Mark has well and truly gone there. Yeah. Uh, well, this maybe. might be a good time for a for a break for a, like a, if there's any questions. Yeah, we'll say. Well, I've had a couple of questions on Twitter. Uh, yep. Let's go first. Um, Adam, who I've met before, he's an um, Englishman who is a fan of Helsinki's uh, hockey team. But he's asked if uh, Finland will ever qualify for a major international tournament. Now, <laughs> what could we say other than... Oh yes, God, how of course they, we will. How did they not qualify this time? <laughs> Um, you know, with, with the group that they had, and it, you know, just shows that when teams like Holland don't qualify, some of the big clubs who've gone into, you know, the playoffs even. I mean, I've got Ireland, Bosnia on the telly in front of me, but you think yeah, it's just, and I know Mixu lost his job, and but it's just poor form that the team who were the fifth seed won that group quite easily um, and then Romania and Hungary who, you know, Romania in my lifetime have been a good team and Hungary you know, well, 50 years ago were one of the best teams in the world but, you know, they've qualified from that group and made Finland by the time they've picked themselves up off the floor, it's been too much to do Mixu was in the press on on Sunday. He was given some lecture at some in Scotland on some course, and they asked him about the about the Finnish national team. And he said basically that that uh, the national team of Finland doesn't have enough quality. And for me, that's it, it one of the things that makes me the most angry because it's not your job. You can't change the quality in the national pool. Certainly not in in you know three four years. So for me to use that as an excuse, clearly he misunderstood the whole job and the whole point. I mean. Yeah. They played the same system in every single game. So if I was, I mean, if you're Northern Ireland or Hungary or Romania, you must be thinking, brilliant. I know exactly how these guys are going to play. They're going to go Christmas tree and they're going to, you know, try and try and keep the ball at the back and then eventually get frustrated and start punting it long. And I mean, if you're Roman Yarmenko, if you're winning the Russian, Russian Premier League's player of the season, and then you're being shunted out to left wing, and then you have to come back to defensive midfield to pick up the ball. Or if you're like Kari Arki was 32, and Mixu would have said, okay, Kari, I want you to run the line all the way. And he would have said, boss, I'm 32. <laughs> I can go up, 
but I can't go back. Yeah. And it's the same. Jarko Horme was the same, and, he, and a fair deal slower than than Gary. So, yes, I mean, if you think about qualifying for a major tournament, are we good enough to beat the likes of Northern Ireland and Romania and Hungary? Yes. We just need another group <laughs> like that. We just need another group like that. I mean, even I mean, if you look at like the World Cups, what Turkey, Ukraine, Croatia, Iceland. Yeah. I mean, those teams will all take points off each other. Yeah. So there's a chance you could qualify with less than you know the sort of usual sort of twenty-seven, thirty-odd points that you'd need. So yeah, there's a chance. I, I, you know, it's unfortunate really that. Finland's group for that tournament is tainted by the fact that they were fifth seed because of whatever the FIFA rankings were at the time. <sighs> in the last in the last two months, we've gone up forty places yeah. since since uh, Canada took over. Yeah, and if so, if, if the seeds were drawn now, we'd be in pot three. Yeah, um, and they're in a very tough group, and you've only got one guaranteed qualifier from the group as well. Um, yeah, and so you know, but you think. Like you say, the, if Finland can get in a run and if the new manager comes in and, you know, if he gets a bit of momentum going, you know, he's already said that he'll be a bit more mindful of the opposition teams and how they line up and not just rigidly sticking to the same Christmas tree, ugh, Christmas tree every time. Then, you know, it's the same, you know, I mean, obviously you can tell by my cushion behind me, I, I watch a lot of Arsenal as well. And that's one of the complaints that we've always had is that Arsene Wenger doesn't often change to meet the opposition because, you know, sometimes you just have to play to win the game, not to, you know, sometimes you've just got to play what's in front of you. We've got, I'm back, by the way. So I I was keeping quiet because I was enjoying the chat. Um, But there's a question on there, going back to the the national team from Juspe. 15, uh, is the lack of real wing players a major problem for Finland? Yes and no. I mean, so I, if you look at, like, Röpe Riskis can bang goals in, for fun in uh, in the Veikkausliga. He never really got a chance in uh, in, in, in Haugesund in Norway. So if he gets a chance and doesn't score, he's a player I think we should think about shipping out on the, on the wing. Because so it's it's not great that we don't have a great deal of width. But then Jonas Emmet, he was a winger, never got never got the chance. Rupi Riski can play there; he's never really been tested. Uh, Kappe Hamalainen plays plays sort of wide and central in Metz Poznan, where they won the league last year and they're doing all right in the Europa League this year. He can play wide. So there is width in the team. We've just got to figure out a way to to use it. The fact that it's not been tried is a problem. And I think you know it's not it's not that it's not that we don't necessarily have it. It's that we haven't really given it a shot. Yeah, Rich, have you I got mean, more I... questions there on on Twitter? Um, my unfortunately, uh, one of the downsides of our hashtag is uh, some of the things we're picking up are about uh, <laughs> the quality of virgins. Um, I won't even go into <laughs> too much more. But um, the airway, uh, yeah. <laughs> But, um, you know, I think the, the questions, the direct questions we've had anyway, we've pretty much covered. So, um, say now, now the threesome is back, do you want to uh, get back on to Veikkausliga? So, wait, shall we, shall we um, there was, there was a, a, an idea here about the, 
the success after many years of EFK Mariaham, who won, oh, won yeah. the Finnish Cup. Uh, tell, tell this story, Mark. No, it's. I mean, it, it just sort of struck me. I mean, I, I, I had to. I had to check it uh, like maybe a hundred times, even though it's really easy to, to figure out. So EFK Marian, I mean, they've been in the Vegas League now for I don't know something like fifteen consecutive seasons. And uh, Lewski, the coach who quit after he won the cup, has been their manager for twenty-two years. And I was just thinking, like, it just sort of struck me because obviously I watch we watch a fair deal of the Premier League and. Uh, you know, Italian football and Spanish football, and you can't get a manager really to stay at a club for for like ten games if they don't win in those in the bigger leagues. And here's a guy who's been in charge at, uh, on the island in Marianham or Mariaham uh, for 22 years without winning anything, and then <laughs> and then uh, and then this this year this season got what he deserved. They, they I mean they played pretty good football. Petri Forsell was. Injured for some of the season, came back for the for some of the cup games. They smashed Hoyiko, like they. I think it was was it five one in the end. That was a that was a, that was that was one of those beautiful sort of, you know when you, you know when you put the TV on yeah. and you're not expecting anything. You've got like a can of beer and the kids are, the kids have gone out and uh, it's, it's just a bit quiet. And you think yeah, all right, I'll watch a bit of TV. And it was five one after. But I think I was supposed to watch. I think Spurs were playing Stoke and I was flicking between the two and then I just stopped and watched the game and I was. I mean, I don't take that much joy in watching Hoyiko get beat because I like I do I do like Hoyiko, but 22 years no trophy, and then and now he's got one. He's gone out on they a won it in style. Yeah. yeah, and you you think like you see some of the, you know, I heard Darren Purse was interested in applying for the vacant job, and you know he's currently a coach at Staines Town who are in the uh, Vyman Premier Division with Mylot, and. Yeah, you're Nick of the Woods. Well, yeah, we're, we're in the same division. Um, and, you know, they had the other chap, oh, I forget his name, who didn't have the qualification they needed at the time. Uh, but, you know, they've they've got that club. Um, you know, they've got a trophy. They've got a first major trophy. They've got UEFA Cup again. You know, they qualified a couple of years ago. This time they've, they're in. And, you know, it's a good good little background for you know, whoever the next person to come in. And, you know, they've, I mean, unfortunately, it looks like they're going to lose their goalkeeper, uh, Burton and to Werder Bremen, which that's not a, a bad, you know, career move. Um, but, you know, for, for an island so small to come out and, and do so well, you know, just shows that, you know, it's not just the money, it's not just the numbers of people. It's, you know, eventually sometimes... You do have to stick with a manager, and eventually you might get that right combination of young players and the right signings here and there. They all gel together, and you know, in this case, it's turned out to be a very, very successful season for them. Is Otto moving to Water Bremen a good move? Um, I'm not sure if it's a good move. Um, I, I imagine he'll go into their under 23 team. I think it is in Germany. Um, it's. I mean, it's certainly going to be education for him. It's certainly going to, you know, the, I, I can only imagine the jumping class of coaching and environment is good, but you're missing the vital ingredient then of sort of regular first team football. You know, you can't coach that. You can't artificially sustain that. Um, 
and while I think the move is good, I just hope that it's not like the you know several other players who've gone been languishing in the under twenty threes with no chance of playing anywhere and then having to come back to Finland and, and start again. I mean, Forsell will be the, the prime example of when he went to Turkey and has come back. Well, I mean, but I mean, I mean, if you think about Tim Spar, it took him, he was at Southampton, took him yeah. five years to get his career back on track. And Jesse Oronen, he's Fulham. Yeah. yeah. And he's farmed out twice on loan. This is, there's no shortage of players who go out and then Tim Bowden is maybe the classic one. Mm. It just didn't get didn't get game time, and you think, like I, I'm always skeptical of the big of the big moves. I'd, I'd prefer prefer them to play. I mean, the under 21s played on Friday, yeah. and they got beat by um, Austria. Austria two nil, and I thought in that match that even though he got sent off, which I, I thought was massively unfair, uh, Yagubi was probably one of the standout players, one one of, one of the best players. And it, it, you could see that he got sent off in that game basically because he was one of the very few players on the pitch that was playing competitive football. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, his tackles were just a bit yeah, <laughs> too grown up, I think, for his level. But again, you look at him, he's another player who's gone gone abroad. It's not worked out for various reasons. I mean, I, I know with the Russian League and the Latvian team that he signed for, you know, just as well he did come back and he had a very, very good year mm. after his initial... Is it I'm not sitting on the fucking bench comment or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, it's it's one of those things, and it, it comes back to something that's again I'm going slightly off topic here, but where you know the big clubs are stockpiling, stockpiling, buying all these young players. If they have a scout, at, you know they've probably seen Otso at a under twenty one or an under nineteen international game, and gone, oh right, yeah, we'll have him. Meanwhile, they've got 70, 80 young kids festering in their various development squads, probably getting training at fantastic world-class facilities, but they're not getting first-team football. Alicante is being very busy in the message board. It also points uh, out Aero, Aero Markkinen as well. So, again, there's lots of things that make me angry about Finnish football. Aero Markkinen's move is, is number one on the list. It is, it is a deal that I think... Uh, it made it made two three people really rich for a really short time, and uh, and it, it made absolutely no football sense. In the last player to go from Real Madrid Castilla to the Real Madrid senior team and play consistently was Ico Casillas and then Guti, which was I think twenty no I think something like nineteen years ago. So in in twenty years when Real Madrid and this is I mean everybody knows this is like as fact when they need a player they just go out and get one. They don't spend two million two million on a player to bring into their youth academy, train up in the third division of in the Spanish third division, and then promote. It just doesn't happen. So I think I think there was a lot about that that was about getting marketing on on FIFA 15 and getting you know like and getting getting somebody big in the in the in the bottom of the Spanish leagues. But I, I mean, you watch the games, which is incredibly difficult, by the way. But you watch the games, and it's just you can't say it's a step up from the from Al Svenskan. To the to Serie B two, yeah. you know it's just it's just not. But as Andy points out, you know AIK have done very very well out of this. They've basically loaned him out for a year, got two million euros out of it, and uh, come the new season in Sweden, he'll be fit, ready to go, and at the expense of at the expense of, of, of Finnish football though, because two years ago, what he was twenty two. 
And he was one of the hottest young prospects. You know, he'd had, I think he'd had one season in AIK. He'd scored about seven, eight goals in about 15 games. Massive prospect. He was huge. He could still keep the ball at his feet. He was quick. Now he's coming back. He's 24. He's got a reputation that's, I mean, I think unjustly tarnished by the weight issues that he's had. So while AIK have done good, we've, we've, lost, a, we've lost a player. I mean, what we needed under Mixu was, was a big striker that could hold the ball up and, and control it. And he didn't want to play Sadiq. Good old-fashioned number nine. Yeah, Markham was the guy. And now he's got, to, he's got to kind of, he still has to do work to get back to where he was two years ago. Ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the to the Bakehouse League. I, th- I think we're coming towards the, the midsummer. We've come to through the Finnish Cup final that you enjoyed. Um, how was the, I, I know how, what my view of the, the final day was. I was up on those wooden benches in the corner of Keskuskenter in in Sainioki being squashed against the wall because everybody. I think the whole town of Sainioki was there on that day, and they all seemed to want to stand in the Cloppet area in the corner of the stand and make some noise. Um, how did that day uh, pan out from your from your viewpoint where you were? Uh, well, I was here in London. It's quite difficult <laughs> to, uh, how should we say, legally follow these games. Um, the, so you had the radio on? Well. Wow. <laughs> The international TV rights go to the betting companies on their mm. tiny little screen. Luckily, Ula's feed was very, very good. You know, it was it was strange because SJK got the early goal. You know, was it 62 seconds, I think it was, that Hetemai scored. Mm. And after that, they just looked so nervous. Mm. And with Rops then, you know, got themselves, got their act together. Up, they were uh, lappy, weren't they? And Oyekor at Coops and... You just sort of tell that the more the game went on, you were worried for the state of Ashikor that they might just concede. And Yellow had a couple of chances, mm. and you know, you know, for them as well, they had to win to have even a shot of staying up. You know, it was then they scored. Was that the 89th or 90th minute? They got the the second goal. I think I think it was a little bit earlier, but it was it was within with ten, less than ten minutes to go. Yeah, for for sure. And yeah. and Yarrow had played well that day. I mean, if if their shortcomings were anything like that final day, then they couldn't shoot. They, they yeah. just didn't really trouble the goal. They they played good football, and no end no end result. And on that, yeah, I think you're right. I think yeah. nervous. I was for me. Nervous. We watched it. Uh, I watched it at a, a corporate event with uh, <laughs> with uh, with uh, Chef Kikuchi among and among others. Um, oh, clang! Let's pick it. Pick up that name. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I, I, I literally it's the only one I have. <laughs> <laughs> I bumped into Keke many years ago in the pub, and uh, you know I've been dropping that one for like since two thousand eight. So, yeah. but um, but yeah, we were watching it, and it was I think it was quite clear that, that Hoyuko were going to win, and it was everybody was just waiting on the we had the multi screen up, and we were just waiting for um, for Yarov to score, and it, they got they had a couple they got a couple. A couple of close efforts, but uh, as soon as Ruperiski scored, it was like, well, most people, most of the study lies had just hit the pub, just hit the bar. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we've had a few a few days similar in the last few years with with various promotions or whatever. And finishing second last year was a real was a real achievement. But this year, just to go that one that one step further was unbelievable. And not only was the whole town of Sanioki seemingly in the stadium, but also then on the pitch afterwards so i think everyone's got their own their own snaps from being on the on the pitch yeah we saw your facebook pictures yeah i'll say we um did enjoy seeing that and the fact that a you know a, a league title win gets celebrated in the community and you know the fans were there and you know it's like you know it gives it that sense of, I'll say, community again, and the fact it represents the town, and it's just such a nice, you know, change from seeing, say, Man United winning in England or Real Madrid chucking trophies under the bus in Spain, and you know, being so far away from the crowd, you know, it's just, you know, and I know there's, you know, SJK have. There's a bit of money behind them, you know. There's no, we're not going to make out that they're paupers or anything like that. But they have come such a long way in such a short time. You know, who can begrudge them a trophy that, you know, a league table doesn't lie. You know, they they deserve to win it. I just wanted to mention someone, someone Yusbe again has said it's sad to see Yellow go down. I just wanted to mention their fans on that final day. There were about fifty or sixty of them. They didn't stop. And mm. even you know going going a goal down in the in the first minute could have been demoralising, but they just didn't stop and they were loud and that that fired us up in, on the on the of the ground, and right to the end, as loud as they were at the beginning, and then they held up their banner saying you know we'll we'll be back and I I really hope they are I hope they get straight back up next season so respect respect to them. They will, but I think, I mean, uh, Juspe says that uh, it's been nice to see Sergei and Serg next year in Vegas League. I think Sergei will be back in the Vegas League next year. I don't, he's, yeah, he's young, he's up and coming. I don't think, I don't think he's going to spend a, another a season in, in Utkunen. He, he scored, I think he got one or two, three score? Did he get one goal, two goals, something like that? Hmm. Um, he's got talent, so I think, I think he'll be back in the Vegas League this year. Yeah, I'm sorry, I uh, can't see Lossa. Yeah. The I, think I think he's going to India. Right. I think that's, that's the. I mean, that's the. I mean, well, that's the um, the latest yeah. rumors. But um, you someone know, else see. that won't be back in the, the Vakehouse Liga next year is Alan Souza, who uh, had came to Senioki for his loan spell from Liverpool, which is quite a quite a coup, I think, really oh. for Senioki. Mm-hmm. Um, and. You know, he's a young boy, I mean, you know, 18 years old, probably not, not played so much. Uh, he, he looked tired at the end of some games, but there's, the ability was clearly there and he, yeah. he yeah. made a difference. And, you know, as from your chat with Larry a couple of weeks ago, where you talked about the fact that, you know, Liverpool still had these taps on him where they were monitoring his data and you know, checking what he was up to and they were tweeting links to his goals and things like that. You know, it definitely worked both ways and, you know, yeah, he's he's definitely not ready to get anywhere near an, an English Premier League team. But, you know, if he ends up going to 
someone said Switzerland or something like that, then, you know, he's, he's a very bright boy. And, you know, again, will he make the grade at the highest level? Who knows? But, you know, for, for the eight or nine games he played for SJK, you know, it was just that little bit of something different. You know, I wouldn't say he's the class that made it. And I love using the Alan Key pun, you know, so But, uh, you know, his, the obvious quality he has on the ball, it, you know, it's, it's promising. It's good for Liverpool as well. Yeah, I think the game where he, where he kind of assisted and set up three, three goals in one game is, yeah. is perhaps the, the highlight, even if, uh, one that was going directly in from the corner was was nicked right on the line by by I think Roberisky, so he uh, he didn't get to claim that one. Striker, proper striker's goal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of yards. Um, I guess I guess having been having talked about the end of this, maybe it's a bit early to preview next season, but it it will see. Champions League. I can barely, barely believe I'm saying the words it all in the same sentence. And I'm moving into a new, a new stadium. And and Rich mentioned the, the interview, the podcast that I put out a couple of weeks ago, speaking to Larry from from Asicor, uh, and talking a little bit about the, um, about the new stadium. But uh, a six six thousand capacity, purpose built football stadium coming to a. You know, a relatively small town like Saniyoki is going to. Um, it's going to be quite special, I'm sure. Yeah, well, I say it certainly bodes well. You know, do immediately removing the chartered train disco special down to Helsinki to host a home game. You know, it's uh, actually having a home that's fit for purpose. That you know, it's you know, you see it all over Europe. The club gets a new stadium and a new lease of life, and you know, they go into a new home with. As champions, why not? You know, I mean that. I mean, the, the, for the upcoming season, uh, Banner Lechkosua has got is, is massively under pressure because it's Hoyiko. So he probably gets this one because of the injuries and because he's a young manager and they've got high ups for him. But if he if he gets you know two three months into the season and he's not Hoyiko anywhere else but you know first or second, he'll probably be gone. Yeah, and then you know you're looking at HJK. And- they're going to have to start looking abroad again for another manager because who else really, you know, the way they're going. One word, know. two syllables, keke. <laughs> <laughs> he's ready. Yeah. Well, he's certainly looking for more money anyway. Get those euros out. <laughs> I, I think we, right. we've got um, no, 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 no other specific um comments coming through on the on the message board and we've been going now for i don't know nearly an hour who who which would the which were the outstanding you know players with top top scorer and you know i didn't get that one i think he was i think he was looking for for i don't know player of the season something like that yeah yeah sorry yeah that's right um i mean it's it's one of those strange things that with all the teams at the top being so close and, you know, that almost there wasn't the one absolute standout player. He had, uh, you know, Coco was a top scorer, but he got three hat-tricks. You know, and you think he's, 
he scored. I think he was a top scorer, seventeen goals over the season. Um, but again, he was available on a free transfer. Rops re-signed him, and fair play, he did the business. I mean, as, as you said earlier, Yagubi on his day was one of the best players in the league. You know, um, sometimes his brain, you know, and he's still a young kid at the end of the day. Sometimes that brain just needs focusing in the right direction, but that'll come. Hmm. I think as as far as pure talent goes, he's. I think he was probably the the most exciting individual anyway. Yeah, and both I mean, of those players playing at rocks as well, who weren't necessarily playing the most. You know, like two banks of four, and then <laughs> a big a big striker, and then uh, like a somebody like Mossa to just be magic, do to just do something. He loses points for that selfie, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's you know he's a young he's a young he's lad, young boy, young boy, young baby. We'll keep we'll keep an eye on him next year with uh, with some interest. Let's mm. maybe start to wind it up for this week. Thanks to everyone that's that's joined us to to watch this, and if you're listening to the to the podcast, then thanks for downloading it. We've managed to keep our uh, number of viewers up above 30 people all the way through the uh, through the uh, show. So thanks everyone for watching, joining in on there. Um, yeah, and that's that's quite right as well. Give us some love. Tap those, tap the hands more on the love. pictures before we hang up. We need more love. Two more loves. Um, yeah. If you want yes. us to come back, no, come on. Hey. There you go. Go. <laughs> through the roof. We love you too. Um, Rich, why don't you tell everyone where they can where they can find you? online out there um well my website is escape to swarmy dot com uh at the moment i you know working on some player interviews uh, most of my well i've got vahid hambo as uh he's at brighton this season brighton. he's um yeah he's answered some questions so i just need to tidy those up after that who knows but um yeah i'll be looking at doing some interviews over the winter and mark where can people find you uh, yeah, I'm at fcswarmy.com. Uh, I'm also on Facebook. My Twitter feed and, and that kind of stuff is, is uh, occasionally delightful, but <laughs> but perhaps inconsistent. Um, I think the next, I think my next support call is Dusseldorf. I'm going to see if I can get a Joel Bohjan Palo Fortuna goal this year because he's yet to, yet to open his account in the Bundesliga. You can be his lucky charm. <laughs> I, I saw, I saw he, he got a brace last time I was there last season so fingers crossed yeah. And I'm online as the Explore Finland radio show uh, on Twitter at Explore Finland on Facebook and Instagram as well if you if one of those is what you prefer um, I'm going to stop the recording now and maybe we can have a few minutes uh, off the record bit of a yeah. bit of a private private after-hours club for those that have stayed here to the end. If anyone wants to jump in and uh, talk to us, then, you know, request to, to join the show. But for this for this recording and for this episode, the first episode of the Finnish Football Show, Rich and Mark, thanks for, thanks for being here. Thank thanks you. for having the idea as well. I'm just along for the, along for the <laughs> ride, but it's been, a, it's, been a, it's been a hell of a ride. And until the next show, which will probably be sometime next month, thanks again and goodbye. Bye. Thank you.
And that was the first episode of the Finnish Football Show. I hope you enjoyed it. It was fun to do something a little bit different. And um, if you like it, then you you will also find that in future on iTunes. It's not there yet, so that's why I thought I'd put it out with the other shows from Explore Finland Radio Show. But head over to my website, to explorefinlandpodcast.com, and if you look at the menu bar there, you'll also see uh, an entry for the, the Finnish Football Show. Click on there, you'll find the show notes and, and links and things like that for future shows as well. So until next week on the Explore Finland podcast, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs>